Welcome to your favorite F word podcast, where we dive deep into conversations around food, fitness, feelings, with the occasional fuck thrown in. We're your hosts, Sarah and Nicola, owners of Paradigm Nutrition and Performance, nutrition coaches, besties, and most importantly, humans. This show is for coaches, self-growth-oriented folks, active humans, or anyone looking to deepen their understanding and relationship with food, movement, and themselves. Thanks for tuning in, and we cannot wait to share this space with you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Your Favorite F Word. Sarah and Nicola here. Today, we are going to be talking about the different types of nutritional goals. So when we're pursuing a nutritional goal or any type of goal, really, we're often doing so at the expense of other goals or other priorities. So that saying, you can have your cake and eat it too, turns out Probably not so much, or at least not with every type of goal, especially when it comes to our nutrition. So what we often see when the majority of clients come to us, they've either got two different and often opposing goals. Something we hear very, very commonly is I want to lose weight and gain muscle. Okay. Two completely opposite goals that require two different nutritional protocols. Okay. Or They're coming in with goals and they're unclear of the trade-offs that are necessary to pursue that goal. And they're not actually willing to make the changes necessary to have success. Um, Or maybe they just need some help in creating a plan, implementing it, identifying the trade-offs, et cetera. Yeah. So since this is something we see so often with our clients, we wanted to talk about it a little bit more today and help you create more clarity around your own goal setting. So we'll bring a bit more awareness into the different types of goals and then dive into the requirements of each and the trade-offs. In order just to help you understand how the different goals are unique and where they intersect, help you determine, you know, what kind of goal is going to suit you best and be able to recognize if and when you're actually ready to pursue it. So that'll include understanding the trade-offs behind the goal. And then we can start to kind of create a plan and think about determining, you know, what are the non-negotiables? How do we establish if this new goal is going to fit within our definition of health? Um, And can it exist within the context of the lifestyle you're also um, hoping to achieve? So, I mean, spoiler alert, there. There's usually some lifestyle factors that have to be adjusted, um, but we really just want to be able to set our expectations of a goal to match what kind of effort we're actually going to put in. Mm -hmm. Expectations and effort matching, very crucial piece of the puzzle. Okay. So to get started, we're going to quickly run through the three main types of goals, and then we'll dive deeper into them um, towards later in this episode. (laughs) Um, So when we're talking about nutrition-related goals, there's generally three main types. Number one, we can have performance-based goals. So these are based on activities, functionality, improvement in terms of strength, endurance, skills, whether it's for a specific sport, whether you compete in CrossFit, or maybe you're a runner, some sort of like performance athletic-based pursuit, okay? Building strength, hitting a new one rep max, performing well in a competition, et cetera, et cetera. 
The second type of nutritional goal is going to be more aesthetic based. Okay. So this is based on body composition. Generally, this is going to include weight loss or fat loss. Okay. And also muscle gain. So getting toned, um, those types of things are the types of goals that would fall into this category, uh, decreasing body fat, looking leaner, losing weight, etc. Then the third type of goal um, is going to be along the lines of longevity and overall health. Okay, so this is based on the pursuit of our long-term health and well-being, mentally, physically, emotionally, all of the above. Okay. Generally speaking, this is where life happens. It's a great time when we're pursuing these types of goals. Um, but things like increased energy, keeping up with your kids, decreasing your risk for various diseases um, or health issues in the future, those are all going to fall into this goal category. So when we look at these three when we look at these three types of goals, they definitely have some overlapping characteristics and requirements, but we're definitely not going to be able to optimize or fully prioritize more than one at a time. And if we are trying to do that, or if we have an expectation to try it, to be able to do that, it's going to often result in subpar results and often a lot of frustration. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, d- we definitely have to if we want to pursue it in full capacity, we have to, and I don't love the word sacrifice, but there are trade-offs that we need to make on the other types of goals in order to optimize it. Yeah. I mean, something we hear all the time in our industry and from clients are things like, um, I want to, like Sarah said earlier, lose weight, um, but gain muscle, or I want to perform better in the gym, but I also want to lose fat. We hear those kind of things all the time, and those are falling into two distinct goal categories. So I want to perform better, a performance goal. I want to lose fat, generally an aesthetic goal. So while like we can picture over overlapping kind of characteristics of both, so for example, if you're performing better, you're working out. Does working out lead to weight loss? Generally, yes. So there are things that are going to intersect but we're never going to fully prioritize one or the other, or like we're never going to be at our peak performance or at our like absolute leanest and most like quote unquote aesthetically pleasing look if we are kind of floating in that middle ground where we're trying to pursue two at once. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess let's maybe take a, a deeper dive into those three types of goals then and just become much more familiar with the requirements and trade-offs of each. Sure. Do you want to start us off with performance? Yeah, let's get into that. Fun so some, <laughs> some requirements of the performance goals are going to be things like adequate calorie intake is going to be super important. If we are performing, we need to be fueling. And so this might mean being at maintenance calories as a bare minimum, but more often than not, we're going to be eating at a surplus to ensure that we're definitely fueling for the performance and also prioritizing recovery. So a calorie deficit is not going to be conducive to optimum performance. There, um, I want to interject on. there. There yeah. is, there is situations whereby the sport that we participate in, our performance could be increased if we mm-hmm. changed our body composition. Okay. Definitely. But if that is the case, our goal then switches to body composition or aesthetics for a short period of time, understanding that our performance may suffer. Then when we are at that 
that um, level of leanness or that body composition that is going to be favorable for our sport, then we can start to pursue performance again. Okay. And mm -hmm. if we're understanding that, going through that in adequate phases in terms of calorie deficits, reverse diets, refeeds, et cetera, we're going to be able to do both, but we're not pursuing both at the same time is the most important thing there. Yeah. Nice. Do you want to give an example of where you might see that in sport? Um, weightlifting or any sport where you have to meet a certain weight, weightlifting, powerlifting, et cetera. Um, we may be required to enter a calorie deficit in order to meet that weight requirement. Um, there's certain sports, uh, generally like endurance-based sports or maybe something like gymnastics where being a little bit leaner or a little bit lighter is going to help with performance. Okay. And there's definitely science behind that. Um, and it's not from a standpoint of a body image or look standpoint, it's from a biomechanics and that type of situation, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so those are kind of two, I think weightlifting and powerlifting is definitely one that people are going to be able to relate to right. a little those bit more sports. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. even thought like about CrossFitters and like how, um, maybe they're super strong and anything with a barbell feels great, but maybe they are someone who struggles in the competitive components that include like handstand pushups, um, high level, like gymnastics, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So okay. I mean, depending on the sport or activity that you're pursuing, um, something else that's required is an adequate protein intake. This is going to differ a little bit based on the type of sport. Um, but in general, if you are pursuing athletic performance, strength muscle is important. So the protein intake here is probably going to be higher than if you were pursuing just general health and longevity goals. Mm -hmm. um, so that's something to consider since protein can often be a tricky macronutrient to hit for a lot of people. For sure. And then if we look at the other um, macronutrients, so fats and carbohydrates, the ratio of those is definitely going to be dependent on a variety of things, personal preference, also potentially the main energy systems that the sport demands. Okay. So if we are competing in a highly glycolytic sport, like CrossFit, like hockey, something like that, carbohydrates are going to be a main, main, main priority, right? Whereas if we are a endurance athlete, um, we might be able to get away with a little bit higher fat intake. Okay. Generally speaking though, carbs are going to be important regardless of the type mm -hmm. of sport that you are um, pursuing. Okay. So definitely need to prioritize those, make sure we are getting adequate carb intake and then the rest can kind of fall based on that intersection of personal preference and um, energy systems. Okay. Uh, there was something else I was going to say there, but I forget. Yeah. So you might have a little less like leeway in terms of choosing your preferences over, um, the requirements for the sport. And then something else that I think is going to be important for everyone in particular, um, everyone in general, but in particular athletes is the ability to recover. We're putting a huge stress on our bodies from doing things like a two a day workout, um, training intensively, um, training for long hours. So we also need to be prioritizing our rest and recovery for sure. Um, so keeping tabs on biofeedback markers, like our stress management, um, our sleep, our digestion, hunger, energy fluctuations, those are all really, really important. Um, so we need to really 
be resting hard if we're going to be training hard as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that can be sometimes overlooked, especially when we get so excited about our training and we're like, I just want to do two days every day. And like all of a sudden we're on team no days off and our body feels like absolute shit. That's not really prioritizing performance there for sure. Oftentimes too, that will be because of a low energy availability issue, right? We're just not eating enough calories. If we're in the gym constantly, our windows for eating are less, especially if you're someone who's like a coach and you're coaching and then training in between or something like that. Um, So in terms of everything we just listed, adequate calorie intake is definitely number, number one when it comes to performance goals. And we could maybe make another podcast episode talking about REDS, um, relative Mm -hmm. energy deficiency in sport and the negative outcomes of that. Um, But we'll leave it at there for now. So why don't we go into some trade-offs of performance goals? Yeah. So, I mean, since we need to be at as a bare minimum uh, maintenance calories, but potentially a surplus, our body composition might not look as lean or we might not feel as jacked as we might want. This is obviously going to depend on a ton of different factors, the type of sport, um, your lifestyle, but also genetics plays a few, a few, a big role here. Like if we look at CrossFit, there's going to be some high performing athletes that look extremely lean and they can maintain that all year round. But a lot of that is, I mean, their stress management is super on point. Their sleep and recovery are there, but also their genetics are there supporting them too. Mm -hmm. Um, because you could take a look at the next athlete in line and maybe their body composition isn't quite as lean, but they're just as strong. They're performing just as well. Um, and so that's kind of where we need to let go a little bit of what we look like in order to pursue the sport. Because again, if we're chasing the more aesthetic kind of look, generally we're going to be required to be in a little bit of a fat loss phase at some point, And that calorie deficit required for the fat loss is not conducive to training at a high level. Absolutely not. Um, but bright side, eating enough calories and eating at maintenance or surplus definitely allows for a lot more food freedom. Okay. Mm -hmm. A lot more flexibility with our nutrition. Um, and you're encouraged to eat lots of foods. And obviously we want these coming from majority of nutrient dense, high quality foods. Okay. That is going to help you perform well. Also, if we are choosing to eat consistently low quality, low nutrient foods, we're going to be, even though we're getting ample calories, we're not getting the micronutrients we need. Um, It's probably going to impact our digestion, et cetera. And it's going to have negative impacts on the goal that we're chasing. So encouraged to eat lots and have a lot of food flexibility, but still prioritizing lots of nutrient dense, high quality foods. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So again, then a note on that is we don't see too many high level athletes drinking a lot of alcohol either. There are calories in alcohol, but they are empty calories and they're not great for maintaining hydration. They impact sleep, they impact recovery. Um, So alcohol is definitely not prioritized if you're a high performing athlete. Mm -hmm. Same thing kind of along those lines is we're probably going to have less emphasis, well, not not like we ever emphasize this, but we're probably going to be prioritizing sleep. So less late nights, right? Um, that might influence your social calendar a little bit, mm-hmm. your your outings, your social life, et cetera. Um, might also be hard for folks in the summer when the daylight is different as well. Um, falling asleep at a decent time, um, but sleep and hydration are definitely 
prioritized in this phase. So the opposite of that is going to be a trade-off. Yeah. So some pros and cons there. Um, Performance goals are ones we don't see people chasing like strictly just performance goal all the time. Mm -hmm. It's usually people come in wanting a little bit of both and then they realize that if they're trying to lose weight, the calorie deficit isn't really conducive to that performance. So it's an interesting kind of like combo to switch from wanting two things at once to just performance and then getting all the food freedom that comes with it is Mm -hmm. exciting. I think a lot of progress is made in chasing performance because performance goals and pursuing them and reaching them does a lot more for us mentally in addition to physically, right? Like it's cool Mm -hmm. to see our physical capacity, but to be able to work towards those goals and watch what our body is capable of outside of what it looks like, that can help you and set you up for success, then moving into something like a fat loss phase or an aesthetic goal. It's a really great time to work on our relationship with food, to work on our body image and be able to recognize like, fuck, my body is awesome. It can Mm -hmm. do really cool fucking things. Um, And when we approach a fat loss phase, which we'll go into now from that mindset, it's a lot more enjoyable. Um, And the trade-offs are a little bit not easy by any means, but it makes the entire process more enjoyable, I guess is a good, good word yeah, for that. It's a big confidence booster for sure. Big time. Okay. Well, yeah. why don't we move into aesthetic goals? Okay. Okay. So again, a reminder by aesthetic goals. I mean, this is obviously subjective, but generally we're clumping in things like weight loss, specifically fat loss, body composition, where we're achieving like a leaner or more toned look. So with that said, generally those goals are um, going to involve specific periods of like a diet phase or a fat loss phase and potentially a separate phase for muscle gain. So it might be more of like a twofold goal where you're working on um, one kind of component of that at a time. Yeah. And the frequency and intensity of how you're going to be, be pursuing, we're going to talk about fat loss now. Um, But the frequency and intensity of how you're pursuing that is definitely going to be influenced by how often we're going into these types of goals or pursuing these types of goals and how long we're spending in the various diet phases, which again, we'll probably have another episode on that. Um, But the important takeaway here is that we cannot diet forever, okay? Because with any weight loss or fat loss pursuit, we have to be in a calorie deficit, Okay. And when we say that, that doesn't mean that other factors don't come into play. Okay. I think often when we talk about calorie deficits, we see people that are like, calorie fucking deficit. You're not in a calorie (laughs) deficit. (laughs) Or the other side of where it's like hormones matter and blah, blah, blah. It all matters. But when we break it down to lose weight, we need to be in a calorie deficit. Okay. Which means that we are consuming less than we are expending. And to do that, we can do that through diet or exercise or a combination of both. And generally, a combination of both is going to be ideal. Um, The calories that we expend through exercise aren't super substantial. So we definitely need to be making modifications for our diet. Okay. But exercise can help contribute to that. Um, And if the goal is to look leaner or more toned, we need to have a solid amount of muscle on us, which means that strength training needs to be involved in order to build muscle. Yeah. So 
I think too, then when we're defining like what our aesthetic goal is, we have to remember that like different goals within aesthetics are going to require potentially different nutrition protocols depending on our diet history. So for example, if we've been chronic dieters in the past, are we going to be able to slip into another diet phase really easily? really efficiently? Probably not. So we might have to, you know, be okay with putting time in reverse diet or in maintenance first to help, you know, get our metabolism in a good place, make sure that our hormones are happy. Um, And I mean, like probably work on our relationship with food a little bit first before, you know, getting our biofeedback all into a good place where we can start a diet. So the expectations around timing have to be kind of understood there. And then, depending on our preference for dieting or our timeline, we're going to have to consider like what kind of accuracy, consistency, effort do I need to put in to get the results that I'm expecting? And oftentimes, for our clients, that means having conversations about like how much quote unquote like life do you want to be living while in a deficit? Because, as we'll talk about down the road in the trade offs, um, we can't necessarily be living our fullest social life in terms of eating meals out whenever we want snacking, um, having drinks, cocktails with friends, if we're also pursuing a fat loss. Um, So that kind of level of consistency versus restriction to a sense has to be well understood um, if you are pursuing that. And I mean, a general like gen pop person wanting some weight loss is probably going to have a little bit of a different lifestyle, different expectations and different requirements of accuracy than someone who is like pursuing a physique or bodybuilding competition, like going on stage for stage prep. Like those are two different things. Um, We just want to make sure that our expectations are kind of aligned with effort again there. Shocker. Yeah. (laughs) Big time. So when we are looking at kind of other priorities in this phase. Um, There's not necessarily like a specific energy system that we're chasing in terms of our performance. So we definitely want to, number one, make sure we're in a calorie deficit. And then number two, make sure we're getting adequate protein. Okay. This is important because protein is satiating as a macronutrient. It's going to help keep us full, but it's also going to help us prevent losing lean body mass or muscle. Okay, because unfortunately, when we're in a calorie deficit, we can't decide, hey, I want, I want the weight that I lose to come right off my belly, or I want, <laughs> I want it to come all from fat, right? Generally speaking, we are going to lose weight from fat and muscle, just like when we are in a calorie surplus chasing strength or muscle gains, we're probably going to also gain a little bit of fat. Um, but prioritizing protein and making sure that we're getting adequate protein. So generally around 0.8 to 1.2 grams per pound of body weight, maybe upwards of that, depending on the amount of lean muscle mass you have, um, is going to be a big priority, especially if we're going for like that toned toned. Mm-hmm. No one can see us right now, but we say yeah, that in quotations. doing some heavy air quotes right now. Yeah. Um, look, okay. So, and then in terms of carbs and fats, that's not going to matter. That can be totally personal preference, what you feel best on, what types of foods you like. Again, as long as you're within a calorie deficit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
So yes, in general, tracking and consistency. And when we see tracking, we're talking about like making sure our macros are on point. So tracking macros and being consistent day to day are really important. And then that level of like accuracy and consistency is kind of up to you um, in terms of what your expectations around weight loss are, what your lifestyle demands of you, et cetera. Um, but in general, we're sticking to the macros um, and we have less room for untracked meals. Um, free meals, things like that. And if we do, we just have to be adjusting our expectations in terms of the timeline for that progress. Yeah. Definitely doesn't mean that those can exist. Like we're always going to be working diet breaks and refeeds and stuff into a calorie deficit. Mm -hmm, But the more that we are doing those things, like Nicholas said, we need to adjust our expectations for the outcome. Okay. And so, um, I mean, a couple more considerations. I wanted to go into trade-offs there, but we'll just list these two really quick. Um, rest and recovery, sleep, stress management, et cetera, continue to be important here too, okay? Um, and then periodization is important. And so when we talk about periodization, that's this concept of going through various cycles of dieting, reverse dieting, eating at maintenance, et cetera, and making sure that we have a plan for how long we want our deficit to be based on that, then we can decide how accurate we need to be, how big the deficit needs to be, et cetera. Okay. Um, So those are also important, but let's talk about the trade-offs with this phase, because I think that, I mean, we preach it and there's lots of other coaches that preach, like you can work towards body composition goals and still live your life, still et cetera, et cetera. Right. And that is true to an extent, but again, it's about aligning those efforts and expectations Mm -hmm. and really understanding that, Hey, if we want to pursue these in a like serious manner and get to our goals in a shorter amount of time in a sustainable way, obviously there are trade-offs and to pretend those trade-offs don't exist is going to be doing us a disservice. But I think this is the goal where those trade-offs are either like not fully understood or they're kind of swept under the rug Mm -hmm. um, and not utilized, I guess, because there's a way to take an aesthetic goal of weight loss or of like getting a lean body composition and make it work with your life. But it's not like a willy-nilly cobbled together plan. It's well-intentioned. It's like often methodical. We're using like things like diet breaks or refeeds to also mesh with and improve our lifestyle and so we're we're having to kind of do things like we've talked about in previous episodes where we predefine success for ourselves and create a social calendar because if every you know social opportunity is one where we're eating like an asshole i mean are we going to throw ourselves out of a calorie deficit like yeah most likely um and so the trade-offs here are really that we have to stick to a plan and we have to maintain a calorie deficit mm-hmm. um and when things like alcohol get involved especially as we get into the summertime i think the impacts there aren't well understood or we're just kind of wanting to live in a dreamland where we can be losing weight but also be going out on the weekends and drinking and eating um and kind of being okay being like i'm hard on it monday to friday but then the weekend comes and like cocktails with the girls and you know date nights and things like that um so we do have to be really really realistic here yeah yeah and if and there's nothing bad about that 
right? Like we're not saying, Hey, if you're doing that, you're bad or that's bad. Mm -hmm. All that we need to acknowledge here is that we need to understand if we are doing that. And if that is our priority, we need to recognize how that's going to affect our goals and that's all right. Um, so yeah. Uh, so those, I mean, all of that is trade-offs, right? We're going to probably not be able to enjoy social situations in the same capacity. We might feel potential feelings of restriction, um, probably some increased hunger. Like we talked about decreases in performance, lower energy overall. Um, those definitely are going to be more severe or more prevalent the longer we're in a calorie deficit the more intense or um, the bigger the calorie deficit um, and also depending on what we've done to prepare for the calorie deficit because there's ways that we can definitely reduce those trade-offs. Um, again, like Nicholas said, in a methodical, planned out, structured way, right? Um, but definitely we're going to experience some of those to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. So maybe an example of like what it looks like to be well-intentioned with this is being able to create like, again, using some air quotes here, balance by saying like, yes, I have a fat loss goal. I'm going to be in a calorie deficit, but I know that like in two weeks, there's an important social event. I don't want to be bringing my meal prep there. I don't want to be like deep into my fitness pal trying to estimate my food. So maybe I'm pairing a, a diet break for that day maybe you've been in a calorie deficit for a few months now, a diet break makes sense for you. So you're pairing it with that social event so that you can get the best of both worlds. You're making the best of a diet break and enjoying some higher calories for a day, but you're also being able to couple it with that social freedom that maybe you felt was lacking and being able to have both, even if it's just for a day. Now where then it would get tricky if, is if you were doing multiple like saying like, oh, I'm having another diet break, but it becomes something that's like way too frequent and all of a sudden the calorie deficit is lost, yeah. um, et cetera. And yeah. I think when we say like you might not have as much fun at social events, what we mean by that is like having fun with the foods. Like definitely we've got clients who are pros at going to social events, being the sober friend, being the one who brings their meal prep or is like very mindful of their um, eating while they're there. Um, so in the sense that you can't or don't have as much fun, we literally just mean in terms of like your food flexibility. Yeah. Um, and we do talk about that in previous episodes. So you can check that one out if you have more questions about like what to kind of consider leading up to those social events. Yeah. There's also tons of different strategies for calorie deficits, right? So like the matador approach is an example where you're in a calorie deficit for a couple of weeks and then you sit up maintenance for a couple of weeks, right? And with something like that, we're going to have a little bit more flexibility. We're probably also going to need to extend our dieting phase longer, right? Um, but things like that, refeeds, et cetera, can definitely be worked in um, as with structure, right? Um, so that's important to remember too. And getting a help getting help from a coach who has experience can be really helpful in navigating that because sometimes if we're trying to do that on our own, I mean, it's easy for us to kind of not feel as accountable or to let that every three weeks refeed turn into like a weekly refeed, <laughs> blah, 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 you know? So yeah, lots of different like strategies there. Yeah. 
And maybe the final trade-off that comes to mind, um, Sarah mentioned periodization being a requirement here. I think the last thing that's kind of misunderstood is that once you've like completed a diet phase, maybe you've seen the results you want, maintaining that exact lean body composition is going to be very hard. And depending on how long you dieted for, um, we might be sitting in like a metabolic and hormonal place that actually isn't conducive to health at that point. And so there is generally another step towards this. It's not like, hey, I lost 10 pounds, I'm done. Um, because if we treat it like that and we just kind of like jump off the like diet train right after that, generally we're gaining the weight back plus more, um, which is really disheartening. And then that's what creates that yo-yo diet cycle. Um, but we're also like not really putting ourselves in a good position health wise, um, or just like relationship to our food and ourselves at that point. So the reverse diet, um, and then potentially moving into like a full maintenance phase, those are components that I don't think are fully understood. So the entire dieting process is actually a lot longer when you think of those secondary components to it. Big time, big time. Okay. Let's move into the last type of goal, longevity. Okay. So when we talk about longevity goals, there's so many different facets here. Um, maybe it looks like taking some time to just improve and work on our relationship with food and our body, right? It might look like improving sleep, working on stress management, potentially having like some small body composition, composition changes, okay, which often can be helpful to our overall health. Um, again, not again, we haven't said this yet, understanding that health health is not necessarily a look, okay? So that's important to keep in mind. Um, increasing energy and just feeling better overall. And that can look so many different ways. It can look feeling better physically, feeling better mentally, right? Not having mm-hmm. as much obsession or like overwhelming thoughts around food all the time or around our body. All of those can fall into longevity goals. So- mm-hmm. What are some requirements? Requirements. Um, This one's kind of the most flexible. So the requirements are, I don't know, depending on like what you're going to kind of choose within side health and longevity, it's going to look a little bit different. Um, But it's usually the most beneficial place to start if you are new to nutrition in general. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to start by, you know, creating healthy lifestyle habits, um, creating routines that make sense for us, might be working on things like meal prep, understanding like portion sizes that work for us that, you know, keep us feeling full and satiated, but also giving us the energy that we need without um, maybe gaining weight, etc. So a lot of this is about, you know, maintaining and capitalizing on what's already working well so that you are in an optimized place to then potentially down the road, pursue aesthetics or pursue performance from a more empowered and generally healthier standpoint. Um, It might also be like a time where people are working on like an intuitive eating approach as much as we don't love to throw that out there without, you know, some foundation, this might be where you build that foundation where you're recognizing like how many meals a day do you like to eat? Um, What kind of foods are you drawn to? Do you tend to get enough protein? And it's a lot about like getting curious and then making small adjustments to what you're already doing well so that you can continually feel better and better and see those small changes compound. Um, What else we got going on here? 
I think like quality of food is still very important, obviously. Yeah. Always, always important. Um, in general, in this phase, we want to be prioritizing some type of movement, but the type of movement isn't going to be as structured as the other two phases. Um, so maybe we are pursuing lower intensity movement in this phase, yoga, walks. What? Oh, I'm getting the other goals. I think you keep saying phases. Oh, I keep saying they don't, phases. Yeah. They don't have to be phases. <laughs> I keep saying could phases, be. but I mean goals. <laughs> yeah. Whoopsie. Um, yeah. So per pursuing movement in this goal, <laughs> in this goal, potentially um, a phase, but this goal um, is a little bit more flexible as well, right? If strength training is feeling good, if CrossFit feels good, cool. Again, need to make sure we're getting adequate nutritional requirements, calories to, to support those. But if we're feeling more like we want to pursue lower intensity movement or different types of movement, maybe not necessarily exercise, but things like hiking and walking or not walking, like kayaking, like those types of other activities that we wouldn't necessarily consider like a quote unquote workout um, can be really helpful and enjoyable in this phase. Um, what else? Usually we don't need as much protein in this phase. Um, again, we still want to make sure we're probably getting like, at least that Nicola has to sneeze. She's making I'm trying noise. so hard not to. <laughs> um, we want to make sure we're getting like at least the kind of lower end of the spectrum in terms of like 0.8 grams per pound of protein. Um, usually we want to try to pursue at least that amount, but there's also room for more plant-based proteins um, and different types of, I guess, foods or protein sources in this phase. Yeah. And in I this mean, goal. like <laughs> this goal, <laughs> I mean, for a lot of people, Sarah's not wrong. Like it does become a phase for a lot of people where they're building the foundation here. They're getting their biofeedback in check um, and they're starting to feel better and then deciding what they want to pursue next, or they are transitioning out of a performance or aesthetic goal and really just wanting to, you know, put their fitness and their health to full use and enjoy it. Um, so I think a great example of someone who's like focusing on health might be like someone who was heavily invested in CrossFit and is like, yeah, I'm fit as fuck. And now I just want to go outside and like take it out of the gym. And I want to go like for trail runs and I want to go, you know, paddle boarding and try some different sports yeah. and stuff and put their fitness into like a different use. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess it's not necessarily a requirement, but I do think too, if we're focused on like the fun side of it too, we can forget that consistency is still important here and we still want to be building healthy habits so that we're laying a foundation for the rest of our life or for if we transition into another goal. So we're not yo-yo dieting here. We're eating adequately. We don't want to get into a place where, you know, we're having our hormone fluctuates um, by drastically cutting and then binging and things like that. That's, it's something that no, but I think if we're kind of in uh, that place where we feel like we've got so much flexibility, sometimes that happens just because we're not as intentional or mindful about things. Mm-hmm. And so a mindfulness around your nutrition and around your exercise here is still important for health. Sure. This goal can kind of feel like la-la land sometimes, I think, right? Because <laughs> it's not as specific or structured as the other two types of goals. And so that's what Nicola means. It feels like we're in this kind of like in-between 
not necessarily working towards anything specific. So then we can fall into like those extremes on one side of complete under fueling restriction, et cetera, or the other end of the spectrum. Right. And so staying mindful um, and really pulling on this idea of like, we're taking care of our bodies. We're taking care of our bodies, right? We want to feel our best. We want to be our healthiest and then carrying out the actions that are aligned with that. So what are some trade-offs in this phase? Well, I think that leads into the trade-offs really well. I mean, we probably won't yield the most optimized performance or aesthetic here. Like we're probably not going to have a rippling six-pack abs. Maybe again, like genetics and genetics. like previous previous lives might influence whether or not we do. Um, but that might be, you know, a compromise for some people where it's like, I need to pause and take care of myself in other ways than just my physical appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the opposite end, it doesn't mean that we can just like eat whatever we want and eat like an asshole all the time. YOLO. Still, yeah. <laughs> the YOLOs can happen for sure. Um, but if we're living the whole, our whole life as YOLO, I mean, like what's going to happen there? So we still want to be practicing something like an 80-20 rule where we're prioritizing whole foods as much as possible for like the 80% of our diet, um, getting those calories from whole nutrient-dense food, getting adequate protein, fiber, and then using something like, you know, 10 to 20% of that to really like enjoy foods and make the most of our diet so we're not feeling restricted at all. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. I mean, we still need to keep up with the basics. We need to make sure we're getting adequate sleep. We're managing stress well, recovering from whatever type of movement we're doing. Right. Um, But definitely the most like flexible life happens here Mm -hmm. kind of goal. Yeah. Something that I think everybody should spend some time in. Yeah. Yeah. Very important. Um, Okay. So we are going to get ready to wrap up here. We're just going to kind of go through some, okay, cool. We know the goals. We know the Mm -hmm. trade-offs. Now what the fuck do we do? Right. Um, So now knowing the pros and cons or the requirements and trade-offs of each of these goals, we can then decide, okay, are we ready to pursue said goal? Um, We can revisit those trade-offs and really make sure that it makes sense with the stage of our life. Right. So Right now, summertime, as much as we might want to look a certain way, pursuing fat loss during this time for most of us probably isn't going to be the most beneficial time to do so because of the trade-offs are kind of opposite of what we like to be doing in the summer, (laughs) right? Um, We want to be able to be flexible with food. We want to be able to like enjoy social events, to not think about weighing and measuring things, like those types of things for most of us, right? Um, So looking at the season of your life that you're in um, and making sure that you are okay with those trade-offs. Yeah. We want an empowered goal choice here. So once you're feeling like you understand things well and your lifestyle and expectations are aligned. Now we can take our goal and determine, okay, like what are our non-negotiables for that? What are the basic things we know we can commit to? So for example, tracking our food daily, drinking, you know, X amount of water, meal prepping, however many times a week, et cetera, and then get comfortable with our expectations, restate our trade-offs and make sure that those are going to be okay for us. If they're not, what do we have to do to find that common, like common, uh, 
that compromise is the word I was looking for, where we have a certain amount of structure and then we can look at what it means to have flexibility in other areas and what does that look like for optimizing our goal or our timelines. And ultimately we want to be able to create some semblance of a structured plan with guidelines. Um, and again, I'll use the E word, the expectation. Yeah. Big time. It really is a matter of expectations, mm -hmm. right? In anything. So um, so just to kind of recap and leave you with the, what's the like TDLR? What does that stand for? Too long, don't read. Oh yeah, TLDR. Okay, <laughs> TLDR. Um, like number that. one, <laughs> different goals require different inputs and protocols, and they also have different trade-offs, okay? So you can choose a goal that might show up in two categories, but you won't be fully optimizing one if you're working towards two at the same time. Okay, so we may need to adjust expectations or consider just picking one goal, sticking with it for a while, and then kind of switching, mm -hmm. aka nutritional periodization. Okay, and then once you understand the trade offs, get clear about where you're willing to sacrifice and what you're willing to focus on. And then from there, you can create your plan. Yeah. Cool. When you said too long, don't read, I was like, that could have been the name of our podcast, but it would have been like, too long, don't listen. <laughs> Wow, sorry, we, really. Oh, we get into our rambles. Yesterday, I was I had a meeting with a client at the gym, and we were talking. And I was I had sent a feedback form to everyone to fill out. And these are like very busy humans that I work with at this gym. And I said to her, I said I tried to keep it short and sweet, but let's be serious. Nothing that I do is short and sweet. <laughs> it was like this long ass question. Story of our lives. Yeah. yeah. If yeah, we ever we need like, to change the name of the podcast, that'll be it. We were, we said we wanted to keep these episodes at like 30 minutes or something. I don't know what we're at for today. Definitely over that, but it's okay. If you're still here, thank you. Yeah. So <laughs> wrapping things up, remember if you are struggling with any of this, coaching can be a super good tool to help you understand periodization if needed, help you understand the trade-offs and work towards implementing them and creating a plan that's gonna work for you to get you to that goals with some adequate expectations and more than likely, if it's with us, having a fun <laughs> time. Fun. So much fun. fun. Yeah. Do you wanna close with our fuck yeses and fuck noes? Yeah, what do we wanna start with? Uh, I got a fuck yes. Okay that for a lot of people is probably a fuck no but I have just started working from home a little bit more and like the fact that I'm recording this on my soft rug on the floor in my bedroom with homemade coffee like I really appreciate that so for me right now working out of the house has been a nice transition for some lazier mornings more me time yeah it's a fuck yes for me Another fuck yes that goes along with that is being able to like have that flexibility in your schedule too. A hundred percent. So nice. Yeah. Um, I have to come up with the fuck no, hey? Oh, yeah, be the negative Nancy today. Negative Nancy. I'm trying to think. I, I had a good week. It's hard to think of this right now. I mean, that's a good place um, to be in. Yeah, not mad um, about it. I've got a fuck no. <laughs> you go. 
when your vacuum cleaner breaks on the day when you are most excited to use it. It's funny because I was thinking about my messy house upstairs when I was thinking about fuck no's. Yeah, that's a fuck no for me. I can't actually enjoy working at home if the house is messy. So if it is, my productivity goes straight towards cleaning the house and work stuff happens after that. Yeah, big time. Big time, big time. Okay, well, Nicola coming in hot with those today. I'll have to think of something next up. Yeah. Okay, everyone. Well, thank you for listening. Thanks for being here. If you want more from us, you can follow us on social media. Instagram is at Sarah Cod Fit, at Nicola Spencer. And then together we have our paradigm account at paradigm nutrition underscore. You can also visit the website. We've got tons of freebies and information on there. There's actually a really great blog if you are pursuing a fat loss goal, then (laughs) um, Nicola wrote a really great uh, blog post on some of like the, what am I trying to say? What's that post? Nutrition principles. Nutrition principles that need to be considered in that. Um, So that's a good one to check out as like a carry on of this kind of conversation. Yeah. And then, yeah, if you like what you hear, (laughs) um, we would love for you to give us a little review. Um, Every month, we're going to be choosing one of our reviewers to be the listener of the month. um, And you'll have a chance to win some monies towards any of our services, whether it's on the coaching side or the um, mentorship side. Yeah. Um, So we love hearing from you. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, what you want to hear. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's it for for today, everyone. Thanks for, yeah. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Go get those goals. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Bye, everybody.